Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Through education, motivation, and implementation, we will bridge the gap between knowing and doing so we can master fat loss naturally and help you reach your highest potential. Let's get started. Hello, my darlings, and welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton, and we are going to talk about poop today. (laughs) I don't know how else other than to start other than that. Seriously, though, I get so many emails about fiber and constipation, and constipation is something that it seems like more than half of the people who email me are dealing with. And so I want to clear things up and talk about a lot of misinformation about fiber because one of the first things we think about when we think about constipation is fiber, as if fiber is the answer to constipation. And I really do not think it is. And also, I'm not going to talk about chewing on this episode either, although I think chewing is very important. We're going to bust a lot of myths today. Before we dive into that, a quick administrative reminder This episode is going to air on November 21st. Whenever you are listening to this, I want to remind you that as of December the 1st, 2015, I am temporarily closing enrollment to my online courses, Overcoming Emotional Eating, Carb Strategies for Fat Loss, all those things. Now, if you're already enrolled in one of those courses, don't worry, this won't affect you. But if you're on the fence and you're thinking about it, Just a reminder that they are coming down on December 1st, and you can look for them again um, in probably mid-January-ish on a new platform um, with some changes made, and they they will be more expensive. Just going to be real honest about that. Um, So if you're looking for them after December 1st, be patient. They'll be back in mid-January. If you're already enrolled, uh, don't sweat it. And that is just what I wanted to remind you of because I don't want to be getting emails like, ah, I wanted to buy the course and now it's not there. It'll be it'll be probably six to eight weeks that they will be down, but then they will be back. I promise that they will be back. All right, let's talk poop and fiber and constipation and all of these things that, you know, when I started a podcast, I, I didn't envision having an intro like that. But, you know, here we are. Many times we get very focused on the wrong things. And the way we focus on the wrong things primarily is people pushing a message with an agenda, with a purpose, like to sell fiber products, fiber supplements, or foods fortified with fiber. And there's just a lot of misinformation. And I think many of us are actually making the problem worse and not just constipation, but digestive issues in general, because we do not understand the truth about fiber and what fiber does and when fiber is good and when fiber is just not good and what fiber is good and what fiber is not so good. So what I want to do today is talk about the myths around fiber, what fiber actually is and the different types 
types, soluble, insoluble, resistant starch. And then I want to go through seven things that I feel very strongly everybody needs to know and understand about fiber because when we misunderstand some of these basics, we can make problems much worse or create problems where there wasn't one to begin with. Before we do, I like to lay kind of a foundation. And many people, as they transition to a whole foods way of eating, whether they call it whole foods, whether they call it clean eating, paleo primal, whatever, one thing they often worry about and ask about is fiber. Specifically, the fiber and nutrients they fear they will miss out on without grains. And I think there's a really great response, very concise and very accurate, from Dr. Lauren Cordain that I wanted to share with you. And he says, whole grains are lousy sources of fiber, minerals, and B vitamins when compared to the grass-produced or free-ranging meats, seafood, and fresh fruit and veggies that dominate the paleo diet. I want to read that again because I think that people really misunderstand this. Whole grains are lousy sources of fiber, minerals, and B vitamins when compared to the grass-produced or free-ranging meats, seafood, fresh fruit, and veggies that dominate the paleo diet. And he goes on to say, this is Dr. Lauren Cordain, for example, 1,000 calories of fresh fruits and vegetables have between two and seven times as much fiber as a comparable serving of whole grains. In fruits and veggies, most of the fiber is heart-healthy soluble fiber that lowers cholesterol. The same cannot be said for the insoluble fiber that is predominant in most whole grains. 1,000 calories of whole grain cereals contains 15 times less calcium, three times less magnesium, 12 times less potassium, six times less iron, and two times less copper than a comparable serving of fruits and vegetables. Guys, this is major. And then he finishes up and he says, moreover, whole grains contain a substance called phytate, and I've talked about phytates many times on this podcast related to grains and beans and nuts and seeds, uh, whole grains contain a substance called phytate that almost entirely prevents the absorption of any calcium, iron, or zinc that is found in the whole grains, whereas the type of iron, zinc, and copper found in grass-produced or free-ranging meats and seafood is in a form that is highly absorbed. If you guys want to rewind and listen to that, I think it is incredibly powerful in understanding that not only are we not missing out on anything when we minimize whole grains, but we're actually doing ourselves a huge, huge service. Huge. Now let's get clear on what fiber is and what different kinds of fiber there are and which foods contain which kind of fiber, okay? First of all, Fiber is a primarily indigestible carbohydrate. Now listen, where is fiber naturally found? In the cell walls of plants. In the cell walls of plants. So naturally, fruits and vegetables are going to be decent sources of fiber. This is what I really want to emphasize when people go, oh, if I'm cutting out grains, how am I going to get enough fiber? Fiber is largely found in the cell walls of fruits and vegetables, plants, okay? 
So we don't need to freak out about missing out on fiber when we cut down on the grains. Now, the types of fiber that I want to talk about are soluble, insoluble, and then resistant starches. And I would love to hear from you guys how many people have an interest in an episode in and of itself on resistant starches. It's kind of a buzzword in the paleoprimal community. If you've never heard of it, don't sweat it. It's not a big rock at all. But if you're curious, I'd be happy to do maybe a shorter Q&A episode on that. All right. So soluble fiber is what is found primarily in vegetables, in fruits, and in legumes or beans. And soluble fiber is going to partially, partially, not completely, but partially, dissolve in water. And what it does is it kind of thickens up the contents of your stomach. It slows down the digestive rate. One of the things that that matters for, in addition to helping control blood sugar, because when you slow down digestion, you slow the rate at which sugar hits the blood, so you naturally don't have the major fluctuations in blood sugar. But the other thing that happens when we slow down digestion is that it gives your body more time to absorb the nutrients in the food you consume. So that's a great, great thing. Now, that's soluble fiber. Insoluble fiber is the fiber that's found in whole grains or seeds and sometimes in the skin of fruit. And this is like bulky. It builds up mass. So when people talk about constipation, and we're going to get to why this isn't really an accurate thing, but when people talk about constipation, they think that bulking up the mass that moves through their, their digestive tract, through their bowel, is going to help with constipation. It's actually not really very true, and we're going to get into that, but that's the kind of flawed logic behind it. So when we're talking about whole food sources of soluble fiber, some of the best are going to be um, root vegetables, sweet potatoes, yams, strawberries, cucumbers, celery, carrots, blueberries, apples with the skin on. Those are going to be great sources of soluble fiber. Now, when we talk about insoluble fiber... Those are going to be more of your fiber-rich veggies like cabbage and Brussels sprouts, but also beets, and there is also some insoluble fiber in carrots, and I know carrots was included on the soluble fiber list because it has both. Now, resistant starch, and I'm not really going to focus here because this is one of those outlier things that a lot of people get very hung up on, but in my opinion, it's not a big rock, and I would be happy to do a Q&A episode on it, but I'm not going to spend too much time talking about resistant starch today because it's kind of a rabbit hole, but a resistant starch is really not digested at all in the stomach or the small intestine. So it's pretty much not digested when it hits the large intestine, the colon, right? So it's called resistant starch because it resists digestion. And so it doesn't spike your blood sugar, your insulin. And that's why a lot of people kind of flock to it when it comes to paleoprimal. It's, there's nothing magical about it, but it does help with bacterial balance because these resistant starches can be food for bacteria in your large intestine. 
And it also helps to produce uh, things like butyrate, which can be anti-inflammatories and can help with uh, intestinal permeability. So leaky gut, it can it can basically decrease the permeability of your intestine. So it reduces the rate at which you're going to absorb toxins, right? And again, this is not a magic bullet. I don't want anybody who's not been thinking about resistant starch to think that it's a magic bullet. It really isn't. Can they be helpful? Yeah, when done right. And I will dive into that more. But what I really want to focus on is fiber specifically and seven things that I really want you to understand about fiber, most of which you probably are not aware of. First of all, research does not prove that fiber consumption decreases the risk of colon cancer and heart disease. Now, I know you've probably heard the opposite, and I want to explain a couple things to you. So people say, oh, the research says that you need fiber to reduce your risk of heart disease and colon cancer. Not true. Now, maybe you guys have heard about the Framingham Heart Study. This is a massive study that started in the 1940s, basically to determine the causes of heart disease and stroke by following a very large number of people over a very long period of time. Now, when we're looking at it now, we're looking at, oh, you know, 100,000 people or so, and what they are reporting based on this massive, massive study, is that there is no significant association between fiber intake and the risk of colon cancer. Now, the reason that people say there is a relationship is because they're not looking at good data. This is what they see. People who have higher intakes of fruits and vegetables have lower risks of colon cancer and heart disease. And so they say, well, fruits and vegetables have more fiber, so these people are consuming more fiber, but it's not the fiber that is creating this decreased risk. Generally speaking, people who eat more fruits and vegetables often consume lower amounts of processed foods and there's what is in the fruits and vegetables themselves, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and less processed foods, because when you're eating more whole foods, you tend to be eating less junk. So the reason that we know that it's not the fiber here is because some good curious scientists said, we can't just say, oh, there's more fiber, so the fiber must be the reason. We need to control for this. So they did just that. They controlled for fruit and vegetable consumption, and instead of providing the fiber via uh, fruits and vegetables, they said, if this is really fiber, then we should see the same impact if it's fiber supplements, and they did not. So the fiber in and of itself is is not responsible for a reduction in risk of colon cancer or heart disease. It really is about everything else that you're putting into your body. The fiber in and of itself does not provide these protective benefits. So this comes back to what we talk about oftentimes with science is we can't just accept some headline as truth because more often than not, it's not true at all. It's not true at all. The majority of the research that supports the benefits of dietary fiber come from these types of studies where they're not controlling for fruits and vegetables. And there's so many other factors at play. When we do these very well-done controlled studies, we see that the fiber itself doesn't make a difference. The second point that I really want to make to you about fiber and why we misunderstand it is that fiber is used primarily as a marketing tool. 
so that food manufacturers can make you feel good or better about a particular purchase. When a food manufacturer has a product that contains at least three grams of fiber per serving, they can, by law, make a claim on the front of the package that says this is a good source of fiber. And so then we feel like we're making a better choice. Given two options, this one doesn't say it's a good source of fiber and this one says it is, we're going to probably buy the one that is and we feel better about ourselves, even if it's cookies that claim these are a good source of fiber. The primary reason we get all hyped up about fiber is because of marketing headlines. Things, information and propaganda that is fueled by people trying to get us to buy more of their product. All of this buzz about fiber didn't start because of some groundbreaking research, guys. It started when companies realized that they could sell more when they had a health claim on the front of the box. Just because you see it there and they're promoting it as a good thing doesn't mean it is a good thing at all. We are smarter than that. The third point that I really want to hammer home here is that insoluble fiber, insoluble fiber in some individuals can do more harm than good. And this goes back to the point that I try to make all the time that there is no one size fits all answer, right? Now, and I talked about this when I talked about FODMAPs and I, you guys know, I eat Brussels sprouts and cabbage all the time. For many people, they need to stay away from Brussels sprouts and cabbage because the high amount of insoluble fiber aggravates their digestive tract. Your body is going to let you know this here. An excess of insoluble fiber can bind to critical minerals like zinc and magnesium and calcium and iron and prevent their absorption. So if you know that you have an issue with calcium deficiency or trouble absorbing calcium or you're struggling to get enough magnesium or zinc or maybe you're anemic, not getting enough iron, then you probably would really benefit from dialing back on these vegetables that are rich in insoluble fiber or stop taking these supplements that deliver insoluble fiber because they prevent the absorption of these key nutrients, right? And I'm going to talk more about this in a moment, but it goes back to two things. Moderation in all things. Fiber is not a case of more is more, and you need to know and understand and pay attention to what your body needs, what your body needs. Now let's talk specifically about poop and constipation and why people really misunderstand what fiber does for constipation. Now, I want to differentiate first between chronic constipation and occasional constipation. So if you are normally pretty regular, right, you have a bowel movement every day, and then all of a sudden something happens and you maybe haven't gone to the bathroom for a couple days, that is not chronic constipation. You can try to add in some fiber and that might get things moving. But if you are somebody, and I get tons of emails like this, if you are somebody that regularly, as a habit, does not have a bowel movement every day or even every other day, then adding in fiber might be the worst thing for you to do. Now think about it. Okay, when we think about constipation, we generally think that we just have trouble having a bowel movement, like actually passing the stool, right? 
So we think, well, if we can create more bulk, more volume, then it'll sort of push stuff through. And I'm sorry to be like so graphic, but I think it's important for us to understand. When we talk about chronic constipation, these people that do not have, maybe you only have like two bowel movements a week or three bowel movements a week, it's really not about needing to get more volume, there is a difficulty in evacuating, in passing the stool. And so if we say, oh, well, we'll just add more bulk to it by having more fiber, we actually tend to make the problem worse. We make the problem worse because we just kind of packed things in even more. We're accumulating more stool that we still have an inability to pass. And I'm going to link in the uh, show notes over in primalpotential.com to a real really great, well-done study that basically showed that these individuals who have chronic constipation, who regularly do not have consistent bowel movements, they actually went from one bowel movement every three and a half days to one bowel movement every day by removing fiber from their diet because that lessened the bulk of their stool and so they were able to pass it more easily. So if you are somebody who is struggling with chronic constipation, dial back the fiber in your diet. Cut out that fiber supplement. Dial back those veggies rich in the insoluble fiber and I wouldn't be surprised if you start to see some movement because sometimes what you really need is to decrease the bulk and the volume of your stool. And I think this study is a really great one. So again, these people dialed back their fiber significantly. And what they found is they went from one bowel movement every three and a half days on average to one bowel movement every day. Now, the fifth point I want to make is about people who have other GI issues beyond constipation. So IBS and things like that, even just regular sort of stomach discomfort or bloating. The insoluble fiber may very well be making it worse. Now, this is not an argument to say you have to avoid it forever, but cutting out these vegetables that are rich in the insoluble fiber for a period of time while you allow your gut to heal a little bit, maybe like three to four weeks or even up to six weeks, could be what you need to see the relief of those symptoms. Then when you add them back in, pay very close attention to how your body responds. So if you are struggling from something like IBS or constipation or bloating, dial back on the peas, the green beans, the corn, the bell peppers, eggplant, uh, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, cauliflower, and then monitor your body's response. The sixth point I want to make, and this is something that we are going to see more and more and more of, and that is unfortunately, the impact that we will now deal with from the increase of brand product consumption that has happened over the last, say, 30 years. Because, say, women in, like, my mom's generation, she's in her 60s, in my mom's generation, they sort of were in their mid-adulthood, young adulthood, when it was like, eat more brand products for weight loss, for health, for heart health, all of these things. And now we're seeing really almost an epidemic of osteoporosis and osteopenia in women because these women were largely uh, kind of falling prey to these dieting schemes and eating so much of a brand product, thinking they would do something right for their body. But 
this is causing a real serious bone health issue. And it's in men too, but more with women. And it's really about preventing their body from being able to absorb and utilize calcium because bran, bran products, and, and I know I watched my mom really feel like she was doing the right thing by eating those kinds of things, bran inhibits the absorption of calcium from food, and it also depletes your body's natural calcium stores. Plus, zinc, which is required for bone health, is going to be um, not able to be absorbed in the presence of bran. We really block the absorption of zinc when we have bran foods. So lots of people, and there are a lot of people still doing it now, for years and years and years thought they were doing something good for their health by having these bran products, and they really, really weren't. Now, I do want to make one positive point about fiber. This is not to say that fiber is bad, right? Dietary fiber is going to help support bacterial balance in your gut, in your intestines. So that is important for sure. When we consume some of these fibers, soluble and insoluble, we see fermentation or or the bacteria really feasting on these fibers, and that allows us to generate fatty acids that are so good for us, like butyrate, right? So what happens is the bacteria feasts on these fibers, and then we generate butyrate, in, in proportion to the amount of fiber we consume. And butyrate is going to be really wonderful for inflammation, and inflammation is the starting point for disease. So we can really help to control inflammation to an extent when we have a healthy balance of fiber. But I want to say this, like most things, we overcomplicate it. How much? Whatever. Like, what kind? What should I not have? How do I know? Your body is going to tell you. We do not need to overcomplicate it. I cannot say to you, this is how much you should have. This is not enough and this is too much. Your body can tell you with far more accuracy than I could ever guess. And it's really about what satisfies you, what makes your digestive symptoms be balanced, where you're not feeling bloated, where you're having regular bowel movements, where you don't have digestive discomfort or pain or diarrhea or anything like that. What makes you feel your best? When you are tracking, when you have a careful tracking document, you can absolutely positively tell which foods aggravate your gut and which foods really seem to calm it down. So we don't need to overcomplicate things. If we just stick to the basics of eat real food, whole foods, eat real stuff, right? Stuff that has a clear origin that's not like in a factory, and listening to our body, that is all we need to know. So my number one takeaway for you is this. For everybody, just go one week with tracking. Even if weight loss isn't your goal, humor me and go one week of tracking what you eat, how much and when, and how it makes you feel. And if you are somebody who suffers from chronic constipation, do me a favor and go one week dialing back on the vegetables. Really just dialing back on the fruit and the vegetables, focusing on fats and proteins, and then track what happens to the frequency of your bowel movements. All right, so what I ate yesterday, let's wrap up with that. I had my normal coffee in the morning. I had this breakfast brunch that I'm super obsessed with after my workout that was 
four cups of shredded cabbage, and I do that because I am not sensitive to these insoluble fibers. And I mixed that with two slices of bacon, three eggs, and a half an avocado. Um, my midday meal was just a real simple cold steak and Brussels sprouts leftovers that were hanging around. And then for dinner, I did breakfast again, the same thing. Four cups of shredded cabbage, two bacon, three eggs, and a half an avocado, because for me personally, I think that is amazingly delicious. So anyway, I hope this was a helpful episode for you. I've got some great resources for you over on the show notes page, uh, an image that's really cool that uh, basically shows you how certain foods are actually, certain uh, meat products are actually higher in vitamins and minerals than uh, fruits and vegetables. And also this research that I was talking about related to constipation and dialing back the fiber to have an increased number of bowel movements in a week. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you soon. We will see you on Tuesday for a new episode. Have a great week. Hey Houston, Con's prices are invincible. That means prices have been cut low, as in amazingly low, as in won't be beat. In fact, we're backing it up with our low price guarantee. Invincible prices on appliances, furniture, electronics, mattresses, and more. Not invincible enough for you? How about free next day delivery on appliances, TVs, and mattresses? And payment options for everyone, whether you have good credit or building. Visit Cons today and find out what invincible feels like. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.